one for podcasting. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Condon here on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon with you for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Uh, thanks for spending some of the morning here with us. Here's what's going on on the program today, bottom of the hour. We're going to start uh, with uh, Dave Sproul, covers Iowa State. We'll get his reaction uh, to the basketball news coming out of uh, Ames uh, during the week, of course, T.J. Otzelberger, A.J. Green deciding to stay in the draft. We'll do that. And other Cyclone-related topics with our friend Dave Sprout coming up here at uh, 10.30, 10.35-ish. At 11.05, we'll head to Vegas. Mike Palm from Circus Sports, his normal spot on Friday, gets us uh, up to date on uh, some of the uh, sports wagering, uh, what they see the basketball-wise from last night. I say they made a quick adjustment. The Celtics now a pretty convincing favorite uh, to win the series as Golden State falls in the first game on their home floor. And then we'll wrap things up with Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star, who's part of a new venture over in Nebraska, perhaps a new venture uh, throughout the uh, throughout the country with some of the uh, college sites maybe migrating to, um, well, who knows where they're going. Sipple, help us out. On three media yes is where he works and um i'm I, and you mentioned yesterday jeremy crabtree's part of it and mm-hmm. these are the guys that were behind the start of rivals and then you said scout correct yeah yeah they put both of those together oh. and so, did a really good job i'll say yeah. so they have to be uh, living pretty high off the hog i would think mm-hmm. you know to to uh, to launch those bad boys and to see it grow um but we'll we'll speak with sip because over in nebraska sean callahan who's been a fixture on the rival site over there, his contract wasn't renewed. So what does that mean, I wonder? Hmm. Is, is On3 Media taking over Rivals? No. no I, I, I mean, two different companies. This okay. is Rivals is owned by a separate entity. Rivals is part of the Yahoo network. So, yeah, it's separate entities there. It's just a third. And just like when Rivals, all right, Scout's going to be the next one. And this is just a, a new media type that's doing the same type of thing. But no, not taking over rivals. At least I don't see it that way. All right, good stuff. All right, so that's the program here today. Oh, I forgot. We're going to give uh, four of you an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. Claxons 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. We will do that here coming up at about 10 minutes before uh, noon, somewhere around that time. Again, if you've participated in the last month, that means you are ineligible to play, uh, whether you won or whether you didn't. It's uh, once a month uh, contest uh, for four of you, and we'll do that coming up here at about 10-2. We've had our first manager walk the plank already. Uh, well, we did get to June. Uh, Joe Girardi is out in Philadelphia. The Phillies fired Girardi and a bunch of his coaching staff today, turned it over to a bench coach. Of course, one of the more underachieving teams. They spent a lot of money in this offseason. Phillies went out, and you can't accuse this team of um, you know, trying to shortchange the uh, t- trying to shortchange the roster, they spent a bunch of it. Uh, Kyle Schwarber comes in, uh, Nick, and there's a long fly ball. Nick Castellanos <laughs> uh, comes over. Um, they spent money, but the results have not been there. So Joe Girardi walks the plank. So if you had him, now here's a question for you, Mister Sports Better. Mm-hmm. Will we, now that the Iowa laws are relaxing when it comes to these things, will be able to bet that prop first manager fired? And we already could. Yeah. I don't see it listed very often. I don't hear a whole lot of buzz about it. But, yeah, you got to figure it's a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
this is different than a voting award that we're going to be able right. to do starting July 1st. But, yeah, I think that'd be another one that you throw up there and, and get the opportunity to, he had to, to bet have on a pretty that. short price to begin. Because I would have thought that. Well, the Phillies had a little bit of buzz, though. I mean, although they, they're, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. They spent money and went out and did that. So mm-hmm. I would guess he would be. Middle of the pack, you know. Yeah, but as the calendar turned from April to May, oh, yeah. those numbers started to come down significantly. Well, speaking of numbers, let's get to the NBA in game number one. Trent, I still think you did the right thing. The move that you made as to how you were going to bet the series price, because we both like Boston to win it all. Mm-hmm. They're up one nothing as we know now. Is the fourth quarter they just overwhelmed Golden State? But you know, even though even knowing that, I think if you had to do it again, I I think I would say, you know what, Trent, I think you're on the right path and through three quarters i felt like i was perfect i I Mm -hmm. thought i had it figured out it was looking good and then the fourth quarter that will be remembered for a very long time and today the 30-year anniversary of the shrug game for michael jordan right right. a day before it we have that performance out of boston the fourth quarter a 17 nothing run amazing al horford the The birthday boy al horford it's his birthday today guy that had played what the most playoff games Uh without a finals appearance until last night he was outstanding marcus smart hitting shots in a game where Jason Tatum does not play his best, certainly offensively. Trent, he stunk. As a well, shooter. you know what? That's not fair because right. he distributed the ball yes. well. But not what you anticipate. Uh-huh. Usually you're going to get out of Jason Tatum, and they win that game, and they win it going away. My my question yesterday, um, or thought during the show yesterday, is could Boston win there if Jason Tatum isn't the best player on the floor? I wasn't sure that they could. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the best player on the floor last night. He had a lot of help. Derek White was unbelievable. He was. Derek White was incredible. He finished with 20-something points. Brown was amazing. Williams, uh, the, what he brings in, the, the presence that he brings in the paint, you mentioned Horford, mm-hmm. was terrific. So I don't know what to think now. You know, I, I will say this. I do know what to think of when it comes to this. The three-pointer. Somebody texted me yesterday when we were talking about Steph Curry. He's ruined the game. Ah, come on. You've ruined the game. He's made the game. He's changed the game. Yeah. Trent, there were 86 threes taken yesterday. Mm-hmm. Combined 86 threes in the game. And now I understand his point when he said, did he say ruined or changed? He didn't like it anyways. Um, that's a lot of threes. That's a lot of three-pointers. This is a shooting contest now. And it's pretty simple. There, there was one game we came in one day and we were talking about, I think, a couple weeks ago. And I said, I, I hate to really simplify it like this, but... Just who makes the most threes, right? I mean, that's kind of what it is. Now, both teams hit a lot of threes mm-hmm. in the game. Boston was a little bit better. They hit 21. It was Golden yep. State with 19. But, yeah, that's what this game has evolved into. But I don't think it's made the game worse. I think it's made the game a whole lot better. I mean, you want to go back to some of the garbage, not just the Piston teams in the bad boy era, but early physical. 2000s. It was more, well, it's physical you, now. You want to see Ben Wallace out there nah. just roughing people up? Or you want I want to see, see Rodman. I did, I did enjoy the Rodman era. Right, but... This is basketball. This is free-flowing. This is uh-huh. entertaining. This is so much better than the garbage that we saw and that physicality. Oh, and it was we, Bill Lambeer. We were talking about New Jersey just the other day, the Devils in the NHL, mm-hmm. and how I think they, they ruined hockey for a lot of casual fans. It was tough fans. to watch. You're right. And this the version of the NBA, so much better to me. Yeah, is it a little ridiculous at times that that's all they're looking for is three-pointers? I get it. The mid-range game is not a good shot anymore. 18-footer is terrible. Right. Either get to the rim or hit a three-pointer. Or step back a couple of feet. Yeah. Right, because you get three as opposed uh-huh. to two for that jump shot 22 feet away. So I, I understand at least the premise of it, but not for me. And not only that, but also, look, 
I was never going to be Michael Jordan. No, I see where you're going. You're never going to be LeBron James. Uh-huh. You're not going to have the uh-huh. DNA to make yourself like that. But Steph Curry? Yeah. So you, yeah. Pre- you can shoot the basketball? Shoot in the basketball. And you can, even as a small mm-hmm. guy, hit 25-footers? You no, get and, good he, and, uh, and he's not just a one-trick pony either. No. He'll get his nose dirty underneath mm-hmm. the basket. And I like that part of his game uh, last night. What I don't like about Draymond Green's part uh, of, of his game is... Did he take too many shots last night? You want Draymond Green shooting, uh, taking twelve shots? Is that his game? He was over. He was over four from three. I mean, he's a, he's a nasty defender. Mm-hmm. He really is. He he'll get in and he'll flat out guard you. But when he's taking twelve shots, is that too many from him? I think so. Yeah, I, he's at this point more of a guy you want five, six, seven, mm-hmm. probably something in that range. Hopefully, hit a three pointer. In yep. fact, that was one of the prop bets oh, I had yesterday. Oh, and he didn't get one, right? Yeah, he was 0 for 4. Yep. Didn't matter, though, because I was also on the money line with Golden State. Oh. So that came up empty. But, you know, that Draymond, the evolution of him as a player, you know, just a few weeks back, we were talking about him looking scared offensively. It wasn't at the Ben Simmons level, but there are times that he just refused to take mm-hmm. open shots. And what version would you rather have? A guy chucking up 12 shots? Or a guy that looks scared to shoot the basketball. I still think you want him shooting. Yeah, but not as much. <laughs> right, right. There's got to be a happy medium, right? Absolutely. I think there in the, the answer lies in there, in there somewhere. Uh, because 12 is too many, and you're right. He did. There were times that he did want to uh, made a decision not to not to shoot the basketball. Well, one nothing Boston. The series price has shifted significantly now. Yeah. Boston is what a minus Bucky. Uh, was it? Are they plus? Buck eighty five minus a buck. Was it that high? I think it was at circa. Oh wow! I think I saw the circa tweet this morning when I got up uh, that it was a, it was a significant change, obviously based on one game. But the game was on Golden State's home floor, so the home court advantage has now gone away, and we shall wait until Sunday for game number two. Uh, but last night, man, oh man, um, that's well, the first three quarters of the game. Trend, I thought this is Golden State mm-hmm. kind of the way we thought it was going to go. That's the way that they do yeah. things. They get out to one nothing leads. They've done that throughout. They haven't lost at home during the playoffs. It just almost all the narratives for Game One mm-hmm. felt like they were just playing out in that fashion. And uh, Steph Curry, the great first quarter, doing against Marcus Smart, and he was unbelievable. Trend. It, it just way of twenty eighteen something like that. Yeah, twenty one. Twenty one. I think it was in that first quarter. And what finished with thirty three? Yeah, so, yeah. thirty four. In the last 13 in the last three mm-hmm. quarters, maybe Marcus Smart figures something out there. Can Golden State come back now? Are, are you tempted with this big price? Yes. If, if you were buying back, you'd buy back the other way? I, I think so. Yeah. I would because I've got a decent ticket on Boston and mm-hmm. uh, plus 380. So I, I think I would go back because I don't think this series. Look, we both picked Boston to win it. Yes. But I do think that they will get back to Boston with the series tied at one apiece. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will be very surprised uh, if this is a tune. If, if Boston comes in there and takes both games in San Francisco, right. I just don't yeah. see that happening. I think everybody's going to be on that. Uh-huh. And the points. Well, spread, and here's the other thing: if that's the way everybody's going, then what do you do? Well, and that certainly would have been the case last night, right? I mean, you yeah. just go the other direction with What's, it. What is the point spread? Is it? Oh, it's got to be all. It's four. Yeah. And I've seen some four and a halfs out there. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. They have it: Golden State minus four, even minus one ten on that money line, minus one seventy for Golden State in Game Two, plus one fifty if you're going to go back to the well on that one. I. I know I understand what we saw last night, that fourth quarter, and we have the memories of that. Mm-hmm. But Golden State's not going down. I don't two. think they are too. I don't think they are either. I, I really don't. Uh, right now at DraftKings, yeah, Boston minus one ninety. Huh. 
and the Warriors plus 170. So I'm like you. I got both sides of this. I, I have mm-hmm. a little taste on each, but if I didn't, or if I would have already taken Boston and didn't have anything on Golden State, yeah, I'd be taking a taste on the Warriors. I at think that I price. would too. I would too, because uh, again, uh, what is, the markets shifted significantly, and of course, it was all based on what we saw uh, last night. We'll get into the hockey game and up. We'll talk uh, some Cubs and some Cards as they played their first of five this weekend. Uh, they've got a game afternoon game today and the double dip on Saturday before Sunday night baseball. Uh, NHL plays in the afternoon on Sunday. They'll be over just in time for 6 o'clock first pitch Wrigley Field. And then, of course, is it 8 or 7 o'clock for game two? I think it moved up an hour to 7 o'clock Yes, uh, for game two on Sunday night. Uh, ABC will have that one. So pretty good day of sports on Sunday. Look, yesterday, last night was a terrific night. Mm-hmm. Really was. Um, a, a, that wasn't a great hockey game by any means. It was, you know, Colorado going up to zip. Cubs cards was entertaining. Uh, and the basketball. Let's get Jeff in here. He wants to opine. We welcome him to do so. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I, I called in yesterday and the excitement for game one. Um, you know, to be honest, I can't remember, you know, just the aura around a game one NBA Finals in a long time. Um, now, mind you, I'm a, I, I root for, I'm not a fan of Golden State, but I root for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, here's what the scary thing is for me and for, I would say, for Golden State fans, is that you guys touched on it. You know, Curry goes out there, puts up 21, shooting the lights out of the ball. Okay, Celtics take a punch in the mouth. We all know what the Golden State does in the third quarter. That's their quarter. Mm-hmm. They yep. give another punch. They give another punch. And with all of that, and Tatum having 13 assists and kind of being a facilitator, um, White and Hart, Hart, Hartford shooting or made the most threes they've ever made ever, <laughs> not just in a playoff game, ever mm-hmm. in a regular season game. Um, and for them to do that on the road, and I told you guys those stats yesterday about winning game one and how I think it really matters. As a Golden State fan, it's, it's, it's scary to say it's a must win Sunday night. Yeah, it is. And we've, I've talked about it on this show. I think you guys have maybe touched on it. I love Clay Thompson. He was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. I think he had 14 points. He's lost to have a step defensively. He's not that two way player that I love anymore. He's just a, he's a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, Draymond, again, I love his podcast. I, I, I he's a he seems like he's going to be a great guy on TV. I'm sorry, but getting eight, nine, ten points, eight rebounds, six assists—that's not enough. And for Golden State to be relying on Otter Porter to go four for five for three, he was just hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean Iguodala hit a huge three in the third quarter. Is that where we're at? We got to get bench guys to. To be swinging a haymaker against the Celtics, mm-hmm. so, and Poole didn't have a good night at all last right. night, and he's been good throughout the playoffs. Poole, oh no, and, well, yeah, Poole, well, here's the thing with Poole. Poole, he's a he's a wild card. He's sometimes he and, and and that's what Golden State. They're a little bit out of control. Poole can get out of control. Mm-hmm. He could have a quick shot and have two turnovers in about a ninety seconds, and then he's got to get pulled. He's in there to give Curry a break, and if you notice. Curry had, or Curry had to, you know, step out in the fourth quarter. Poole gets in there, has some quick turnovers, and they got to bring in Curry in quicker than they were expecting. But to end it on this, if I'm a Golden State fan, I'm nervous Sunday night, four and a half or whatever you guys were talking about the line wise. If I'm the Celtics, you're playing with house money. Yep. I'm going to the knockout quick. Yep. 
Yep, Jeff, thanks for the call. Have a good weekend. Yep, you do the same. You're 100% right. Go for the knockout. You're playing with house money. Go back to Boston. At worst, you're going back. The series is tied. You've taken home court advantage away from Golden State. Um, but, man, that fourth quarter last... They, they couldn't miss. They literally... Almost didn't miss. What they miss? A couple of shots, and the one that they did, they got it to Smart in the corner, and he hit a three yeah, off an offensive mm-hmm. rebound. It just it was a rarity. Seventeen nothing run on the road, right? But this has been Boston, right? And, and I think this is the toughness that you, both of us liked. Mm-hmm. Never felt out of it. Come back. Doesn't matter how good they are. Now, one other caveat I think you need to put in there, and, and if you're looking at Golden State coming back and making this a series, Boston has not been very good on their home floor. They have struggled also there. As good as they've been on the road, they've had their own issues here. So if you think it's a lot that they're going to win all three games back in Boston, probably slow your roll just a little bit on that one. Well, I look at um, just just get us to seven. <laughs> stretch it out. Stretch this bad boy out. It was eye-opening in the fourth quarter yesterday. Uh, NHL in the Western Conference Final. you got to help me out here yeah, because I didn't even... Yeah, too much Colorado. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, there was a, uh, a spurt, I guess you could call it that, in the second period. There's like three. They, I believe they scored three goals on three shots. Nazem Kadri was unbelievable. Backup goalie for Colorado plays uh, in the game. Frank Kuz is his name. He's a lefty. He shuts out. Look, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and company were blanked. We're blanked. Now this series is 2 nothing. going back to Edmonton. I'm sorry. Uh, Colorado punched their ticket last night to the Stanley Cup final. I just don't see any way in hell as good as Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl have been in these playoffs. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Mike Smith is long and he's 40 years old for crying out loud. Mike Smith played here in Des Moines it's in crazy. 2005 or 6. <laughs> he's 40 years old and he's asked to play every other night. That's that's too much and I, I guess they don't have anything behind him uh, that they're confident in because it's time for a night off. The old man needs a night off. Uh, so game two of the Eastern goes tonight. We'll make that part of Claxon's Baseball from last night. Boy, Trent, there's a couple of stories developing, uh, both in the American League and both teams that we thought uh, were going to have mm, a big say in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Clearly the White Sox, who lost again yep. yesterday, and the Angels. And I believe, I know the, I think it's eight in a row for the Angels. I don't know what the streak that the White Sox are on. Three in is, a row. Is what is what it is? Because they took... Uh, uh, they took one from the uh, Cubs over the weekend, and they had to come back to take that one on uh, this long weekend. Screw me up. Sunday, I think it was. But, Sunday's when they got the win, but yeah, they have lost right. three in a row in five of their last six. Yeah, so so neither one of these. And here's the thing about the Twins, too. Twins had an opportunity to put some uh-huh. daylight. And they have not been they able to They have do not. It. Those bats have gone absolutely mm-hmm. silent. And, you know, I hate to say it, but here's hoping that they get through the weekend absolutely silent because they're up north of the border. Well, and there, there's a big story, obviously, developing there as the Twins make their trip up to Canada for the first time, and that means... No, you have to be vaccinated to get to in. be vaccinated. Here are the guys that will be not making the trip to Toronto. Oh, the list is out? It is out. This uh, came out this morning. They have not uh, announced the corresponding moves that'll happen. You do have flexibility with uh-huh. your 40-man roster when guys are put on the restricted list, but... Emilio Pagan, they can leave him back in Minnesota. They can, <laughs> yeah. well, they, they can send him south, to, south of the border, go somewhere else after giving up that home run yesterday. Oh, that's so exciting. Get to watch the end of the Twins game. Had a little time. Get to watch the last ending and a half. Did and you hear Jim Cott? What, did, did, I didn't hear when he's... I didn't. You know what? Hester the molester? Yeah, that's what he said. And, and I, I get we want to fire everybody. Um, there was no malice. There was no. no intent. Look, the guy's 80 years old. And I said this when it happened. Um, two years ago, when this was a, was was a talking point, 
us old people, you got to cut us a little bit of slack. We want to learn. Don't get me wrong. And I mean this sincerely. <laughs> we do want to learn. But these were things that were said all the time. Yeah. That doesn't make it right in 2022. I'm not saying that. But for people... And and Twitter exploded and social media went crazy and you got to get rid of this old man. He didn't mean... And the Cortez's uh, credit, you know what he said after the game? Take nothing away from that. Yeah. He didn't mean anything by that. Right. He's an 82-year-old guy. That... He's an 82-year-old guy. That's what we said that forever. You know, you rhyme things. And again, mm-hmm. it's 2022. We have to be careful, but it's going to hit. And it wasn't a racial slur. It wasn't, Trent. It wasn't meant like that at all. It wasn't meant like that at all. But we grew up... Content. In- intent needs to matter. It does. And Jim Cut, his intent was not. No. It was not racist. No. It was not sexist. It was nothing like that. Right. It was. And will they speak with him? Of course they will. Yes. The twins brought. But did he mean it like. No. 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 no I, I was no. with you. I, I was, was surprised by the. I shouldn't have been surprised by the firestorm that it mm-hmm. created. It was a dumb comment. Yeah, but it was a dumb comment in 2022. Yeah. 1982 was. <laughs> right. You know. You give a chuckle. Right. And you, you mean anything by it? No, absolutely not. But it's it's again different era. It, it's us, anyways. Uh, but I the, the don't game know if, itself. Don't know if Cot's going to be part of the broadcast team this weekend. No, I mean he wasn't. It's not like he was, he was probably anyway. scheduled right. anyways, right? right? He does these periodically. He's uh, he's in retirement. But my point where we started to go, Twins had an opportunity to put some uh-huh. distance between them and the, and this division, and they did not because the White Sox are scuffling. And the Twins kind of are now as they lose yeah. three out of four to the Tigers and not hitting the baseball well. They will not have Max Kepler. They will not be making the trip. Wow. The German, mm-hmm. who had been playing pretty well and going the opposite way a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mentioned Pagan out of the bullpen. Also, Caleb Theobar will not be there. And Trevor McGill. So three bullpen arms will not be part of uh, the, the team up in Toronto. They're on the restic- restricted list. And it goes both ways, by the way, because Toronto can't get back into the United States if they're not vaccinated. Yeah. So, you know, this is don't make this a well. They had to play in Florida and Buffalo, and Buffalo, right? Last year, yeah. right? So, if the Jays players aren't vaccinated when it comes for the return trip or mm-hmm. any of the other rest of the remaining twenty nine teams in baseball, so we know that those guys are vaccinated. Yeah, they have to be to right. get into the states. Right. If 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 any of our listeners go to, to Canada fishing mm-hmm. to get back into your country. You have to be vaccinated. That's the way it is. Uh, Like it or not. And it's probably time that we don't like it anymore. But anyways. So uh, last night, Cubs-Cardinals. How much of that would you watch? I watched a bunch of it. I watched a bunch of it. And um, again, it's these young kids on this Cubs team, Trent, that just have my full attention. Mm -hmm. They're fun to watch. Morel is infectious. And, And you know what? It's starting to, I think... Uh, from my post in Ankeny or downtown Des Moines from 10 to noon. I think it's starting to, you know, catch on in that locker room. These guys yeah. are having fun. They're smiling. They realize that there's no postseason in their future this year and they're part of a rebuild, but it's kind of fun to watch. And the Cardinals, um, you know, they got a chance to do some damage here. They, they should beat the Cubs. They have a better roster uh, than the Cubs do. And this it's, it's going to be a fight between the Brewers and the Cardinals right to the end, and they should be winning these games. Well, they got four of them left uh, this weekend. But the game uh, last night itself, it, it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. Keegan Thompson has um, 
He's going to make a lot of money yeah. as a starting pitcher. He's going to make a lot of money. He was really good again last night uh, in his starting role. He didn't get th- he got into the sixth, didn't get out of the uh, sixth inning, but the bullpen came in. They were good. Uh, Liber- Liberatore, the, the starter for the um, big kid, big lefty. They got something there. Mm-hmm. I don't think give up on that kid too quickly. Uh, you, you could, the um, Cardinals found somebody, huh? I think they do. <laughs> what a shock. I, yeah. Right, right. And Wilson Contreras, Trent, homered again in the first inning. Mm-hmm. This team loves him. This the, He is the leader of this ball club. Was it Cappy that told us earlier this week he's more important to the Cubs? Than, or it might have been Matt Snyder. Said he's more important to the Cubs than any other organization. Because on the free agent market, yeah. what's he going to get? But right. he's that veteran presence. Mm-hmm. And you go back and look at the first build with Jed Hoyer. What they were able to do along with Theo. And creating this team. And they brought the young guys up, and it was Rizzo. So go back to 2014. They, they finished the year 73 and 89. I mean, probably yep. the same kind of thing you're going to be looking at this year. Rizzo was 24. Starlin Castro was 24. Baez came up that year at 21 years old. Jeez. They had the breakout season that year from Jake Arrieta, and of course we, mm-hmm. we know what that morphed into and what he was. But she also had a few veterans there, a couple older guys that you know hung around and helped out a little bit and just... That veteran presence. Chris Coglin was on that squad. Darwin Barney in his late 20s. Wow. And those kind of players yeah. that you got that presence, but you know they're not the bridge that are going to take you no. to the next level because those weren't part of the championship, but it's just those veterans hanging around and doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So if they if they do uh, trade Contreras, who are they going to look for for leadership in that clubhouse? I mean, right. who's left? It's not Hayward. doesn't no. play enough. Hap? Maybe. He might not be there but either. Kyle Hendricks? He's a red ass, though, isn't he? I, mean, I don't know. Cappy really likes him. Cappy says he's uh, very philanthropic. I know he's got some coffee thing going in there that uh, a lot of the, I don't know, he's, he's got a couple of causes that he's pretty deep into the community um, in, in Chicago. But who would be the leader if, it's, if Contreras leaves? It's not, it's not, it's not Kyle Hendricks. No, he, you're right. I mean, he's... Right? Nerdy professor guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, and he's, he's got the best at. pitcher on the team right now. No, you got some veterans. You know, Patrick Wisdom's a veteran, yeah. at least in terms of age, right. not in terms of major league experience. But right. yeah, there's some older guys hanging around. If I was them, though, what's it going to take? You give him five years, 125 million. Is that enough? Is he looking for a longer contract? Hmm. And, and what does he get on the free? That's yeah. I continue to struggle to see what he's going to get as a free agent. You know what? First of all. The Cubs trade them. It's a rental. Yep. You're, you're looking at what? A couple of decent prospects. Mm-hmm, you know, maybe guys probably. Hopefully, there's a bidding war. Eight through fifteen in, in an organization. Right. You're not getting top end prospects. No. You wouldn't think for there's a no rental. term. Thirty years old. He'll turn thirty one next May. So decently young, but also a catcher with right. a lot of miles on him. Yep. I just don't know. I don't know what the return is. I, I, I think whoever said that put it right. Wilson Contreras worth more in a Cubs organization mm-hmm. than anywhere else in baseball. Mm-hmm. Want to trade somebody? Trade Marcus Stroman. I hate to say it because I like. I've always been a fan of Marcus Stroman. Yeah, but he's got a couple of years on his contract. He's a starting pitcher. I'd say Ian Happ. I, I don't know if he's part of the long room. Maybe it's just because Tommy Birch said that Happ, when he was sent down here, would never talk. He would to never Birch. talk to the media. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's I forgot about that. All right. Maybe that's why I have painted the idea of Ian Happ maybe being a little bit difficult. Yeah, he he he. Well, it was it was a tough time for him. Yes, because I, I do remember that. What two years ago was it? Two yeah. or three years ago now? I think we were doing. Weren't we doing a bunch of shows that year at Principal Park? Was that the yeah, year? Yeah, that would have been 2019. I think it was. We'll take our time out. Dave Sproul will join us next. We'll get into Iowa State. 
Um, pick his brain on the Twins as well. He's a huge Twins fan, where that team goes. So they've got three north of the border. Is that what it is? I didn't see if it was a wraparound series going into Monday. Yeah, it'll be a three-gamer off on Monday, and then the Twins welcome in the hated New York Yankees. Wow. And the Yankees, I mean, they're playing so well, Trent. They are playing so well. They took two from the Angels yesterday. Mm -hmm. Angels are going the wrong way. Just when it looked like MLB would get its wish that... Otani and Trout were a cinch to make it to postseason. Still may, but uh, not the way that they're playing. We'll take our time out. Miller and Condon underway. It's uh, Des Moines Sports Station 106. And in Ankeny. <laughs> now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. With you uh, right up until noon, Claxon's Barbecue giveaway opportunity, anyways, to win a barbecue from Claxon's coming up here in about an hour and 10 minutes. Right now, let's go to Ames. Dave Sproul, KSI 1430 on the AM dial. Dave, before we get into sports, just uh, uh, sadly, uh, Ames in the spotlight last night for all of the wrong reasons. Uh, how's the community reacting this morning? Uh, I sense there's a little bit of shock, obviously, from all this, a lot of sadness as well um they are actually having uh, the sheriff's office is having a news conference right now uh, i'm not sure we'll get a lot more detail about what happened last night but uh, obviously um just a, a really sad situation very tragic and uh yeah you're seeing uh seeing the name or seeing you know aims in the news right now nationally uh, as he said, for the wrong reasons. Uh, just real, one more on this, Dave. For for those of us who don't know Ames real well, we certainly know our way to Hilton and Jack Trice and uh, um, uh, Hickory Park and a couple of those spots. Where is the Cornerstone Church in Ames in relation uh, to Iowa State's campus? Uh, it's uh, off to the eastern edge of the city. In fact, it might not technically be within city limits. This is why the, the sheriff's office is taking the lead on ah, the investigation gotcha. here. Uh, the, the the building itself is right off the intersection of uh, I-35 and Highway 30, so it would be the northeast uh, northeast of that intersection. Uh, you can see it from the highway; it's a pretty big building. There's an is there an eye clinic on that same exit? Is that Wiley or Wolf Care or something? I think there might be. Uh, that's further north. Is it further north? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get uh, let's get to Iowa State. Uh, and uh, the week that they've had. Let's start first with T.J. Otzelberger, who. Um, you know, again, uh, got his team to commit to the way, the brand of basketball that he thought they needed to do uh, to compete in the Big 12. And boy, did they ever uh, and exceeded everybody's expectations. And uh, the head coach was rewarded with uh, another year tacked onto it, as well as a raise. Uh, certainly warranted, in my opinion, Dave. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is that, you know, he's still at the bottom of Big 12 salaries, basically, but it's still a half million dollar raise right away with $100,000 raises built into each year of the deal. But it's not, you know, it's not this huge uh, increase in salary. It's not an extension that's like 10 or 15 years or whatever, some big number that sometimes gets thrown around when, when a coach might have a good season or two. And athletic departments and the athletic directors start to fear that somebody might come and, and poach their coach away. That's not a real big concern with T.J. Altelberger. Like, you really get the sense this is where he wants to be for a long, long time. So um, it wasn't like Iowa State had to bid against somebody for his, his services here. But, yeah, he absolutely showed that uh, he can do tremendous work when he gets the pieces he wants. He can get guys to buy in. 
and he can win some games. They might not uh, always be the prettiest ways to win, uh, but nonetheless, wins are wins, and you'll take them uh, no matter how they come. A.J. Green, the decision to stay in the NBA draft, and it's going to be a tough road certainly for him to get there. Not many people projecting him to be one of the 58 draft picks, but he's going to take a shot and go after it, uh, not going to Iowa State. How impactful do you believe that is for the Cyclone roster where I know there's a lot of people in there. They didn't just have him penciled in to that roster next year. They had it in pen. Yeah, I kind of had him penciled in, but I was borderline pen myself there <laughs> from, from what I'd heard. But maybe that was just a lot of optimism getting away from a lot of people or Maybe something changed over the course of time where, you know, when A.J. Green was, was meeting with NBA teams and doing these pre-draft workouts, he, he got, you know, the message. And actually, I think in the in the Cedar Rapids Gazette, he basically says, he you know, the feedback he got was that, yeah, he's going to get an opportunity to earn a roster spot with an NBA team. Maybe he'll have to settle for two-way and, and work his way through the G League for a while to, to get there. But he feels confident that that's the route to go because given where he is kind of age-wise, given his skill set, and the fact that, you know, maybe you look at another year in college, whether it's Iowa State or anywhere else, is probably not going to raise his draft stock all that much. So why not go for it now, start earning some professional money, and, and hone your game that way with, you know, some of the best uh, players and coaches in the world. So I, I get the decision is understandable. Where it leaves Iowa State, well, it leaves them without, you know, this year's version of Isaiah Brockington. They don't have the go-to score that you can count on to really kind of create his own shot. And Brockington did that brilliantly from the mid-range. Green obviously would have been a deeper threat from three-point range. And maybe Iowa State could find somebody in that mold, but even the, the new transfers that are coming in are guys like Dave Kalsher, who's coming back, where maybe their career started shooting pretty well from three-point, but declined from there and hoping that a new location could uh, get that lift back in their game. But it's not something I would count on based on the history we've seen from guys like Kalsher and others who I would say, you know, had their fingers crossed and hoped would improve their three-point shooting. So right now, you're just with, left without a dynamic offensive score. There might be some options left in the in the transfer portal, uh, but uh, it looks like this is another team that's just going to have to grind out, you know, a 40-something point win, uh, by which I mean scoring in the 40s and trying right. to get wins that way. Yeah, 48-46, uh, home crowd goes home. Uh, happy because their team got a win. Uh, not the not the Hoiberg era of basketball, but you know what? I enjoyed every minute watching it this year. The commitment of the defensive end of the floor. Um, there, there's there's room for that, and we saw that. And you know, the other thing about it, Dave, is, and, I, and I'm convinced this played a major role in it. Um, I, we both, I mean, Trent and I both think he's a fringe NBA guy, but he's a fringe NBA guy this year at age 22. Next year he's going to be a fringy NBA guy, but at age 23, and age works against you in the NBA. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I, you know, I'm no NBA draft expert or NBA draft uh, NBA expert of any kind, but that seems to be the trend now. You know, guys who are leaving early, you know, leaving college early after their freshman seasons or sophomore seasons, and uh, there's really a premium on youth. And even one or two years difference can can really uh, make uh, affect your draft stock. Dave Sproul joining us from KASI up in Ames as we talk little Cyclone hoops here. Talk about the scoring punch, the way that this team is going to be built. They do have a scholarship open. They can go two directions. As you said, Dave, do you anticipate that they're going to be maybe reemerging with some names that we're going to start to hear in the next week or two? Or does it have to be almost a perfect fit to come in at this spot? Yeah, I don't know if you really need a perfect fit. Now, T.J. Otzelberger might have a whole different philosophy on this. Maybe he's just going to be satisfied with the roster he has. But there are some options in 
the transfer portal that can help your backcourt and help your scoring uh, at the moment. And the downside is there's going to be a lot of competition for those guys. So, you know, there's no sure thing that Iowa State's going to go out and get them. Now, if I'm in, if I'm in T.J. Altelberger's shoes, absolutely go after those guys. you got nothing to lose. you got mm-hmm. a scholarship to spend. And if you miss out on those, then maybe you take a flyer on a guy and, and give him a scholarship for a year. Maybe he ends up sitting on the end of the bench. But, but what have you lost? Because, I mean, you can sit there with your scholarship open and, and have a, a roster that's one player short. Or you can give it to a guy who may have even the slimmest chance of surprising you, but give him that chance and, and see what happens. So uh, that's that's kind of my philosophy. Start high, you know, start going after some guys. Maybe you feel you might you might still have a chance at. Might be tough at this point, but what the heck, give it a shot. And if not, you take a flyer on somebody. Uh, let, let's switch to football, uh, fellas. Who uh, on, on this um, returning roster for Iowa State, who's indispensable on either side of the football? I mean, I guess you'd probably look at the quarterback first and foremost, right, Deckers? But, but who else can't Iowa State afford to lose? It's contact sports. Sadly, there's always injuries. Um, a Will McDonald, maybe, coming off the edge. Frailer, we saw him. Old uh, seventeen made some huge strides. Who's indispensable on this roster? Who does Iowa State absolutely have to have on the field? Dave Sproul. Uh, my first instinct is to say Trevor Downing uh, on the offensive okay. line. He's you know, moving to center this season. He was a stalwart last season, but got banged up and had to miss some time. Uh, but he's a guy who brings a ton of experience, a ton of skill. He's a guy who's you know legit NFL draft uh, a prospect and uh, a. Team leader on a team that doesn't have a whole lot, you know, in, relative to last season coming back in terms of production. Uh, you mentioned Will McDonald. That's an, uh, an excellent choice there, too, on the defensive side because of what he can do. Hell, he can, he's one of those rare guys who can almost control a game there along that, uh, that defensive line of scrimmage and, and can really make an impact with his pass rushing ability. So he's certainly on defense, probably the number one guy in, in terms of somebody you need on on the field. And now I'm going to go with Downing. I think he needs to be out there to anchor that offensive line for Iowa State. You got one, Trent? One that jumps out to me is Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. And the reason... Leadership? You got that. You got a wide receiver room that's very young. We mm-hmm. certainly like what we saw out of Jalen Noel last yeah, year. For but sure. there's not a whole lot of depth there, at least that we know at this point at the wide receiver group. You don't have the security blankets of the tight ends that you had a year ago with both Allen and Kohler. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for me, Xavier Hutchinson. If this team is going to be... You know, in a bowl game and fighting for the upper half of the Big 12 this year, Xavier Hutchinson, I think, is going to have a big, big part of that and another big season offensively if that offense is going to do the thing. Offensive line, someone's been great run blocking, right? Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for six years mm-hmm. and still have not got there. Now you take away one of the most talented guys to ever walk through those halls in Brees Hall. Is the running game going to be better suddenly? Mm. I don't see that. Yeah, They're going to have to I, pass to win. I, I, it's true. And I, and I do like your point, Dave. Uh, Trevor Downing, very, uh, very important part. All right, let's, uh, let's get the baseball. So how was Target Field last week? You said you were getting up there to see a game, uh, what, Sunday, I think? Oh, I, saw, I know you were there because I saw a picture from your seats. Um, it's a pretty ballpark, <laughs> is it not? What, great, what, it's great a great view. spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up close and personal, I got there. But I, I, I took advantage of their uh, like $9 ticket special, so you're Why not, not going to get too close to the action with that. But you do have that great view of downtown Minneapolis. I got to watch uh, Royce Lewis make his center field debut for a grand total of three innings before crashing mm-hmm. into wall and hurting himself. Maybe there's just like a jinx on twin center fielders yeah. uh, getting hurt in general. I don't know what that's about. But, yeah, uh, not exactly looking forward to this road trip to Toronto. I was listening to you guys talking about that earlier. 
And uh, with the players they'll be missing, then combined with the players that hurt, it, it almost feels like the St. Saint Paul Saints aren't in Des Moines. <laughs> it feels like they're going to be in Tor- Toronto yeah. uh, for this weekend. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be wild to see uh, what they do with the with the roster there to try to pass their way through this. But they, you got to go play a good Blue Jays team, then you got to come back and play the Yankees. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> it's a first place team; they're in a good spot. But man, this next week, I'm not looking forward to it. And it, the, the bad part about it, Dave, is is they they could be in a better spot because they had an opportunity. The, the White Sox are scuffling right now. They had an opportunity because Detroit was not playing well. One of the more disappointing teams of the first uh, the first portion of the of the schedule. They did not get off to a good start. Had a chance to you know open up a little daylight between their chasers in this division. They didn't take advantage. Yeah, in that four-game series in, in Detroit, I mean, the Twins get two, three, four maybe timely hits, and they could have come came away with a sweep, but the offense just is is dead right now. Correa's on the shelf, and, and Lewis getting hurt, and mm-hmm. Buxton's in this epic slump right now. So, yeah, the offense just isn't getting the job done, and, and the pitching was decent in that Detroit series, but just that clutch hit just never seemed to come, and then... So it's a little frustrating, as you might maybe can tell. Uh, how, when's Correa back? Uh, hard to say exactly with with you know a COVID situation, but I think the minimum is five days on the COVID injury list, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So I think he can come back soon, but I'm not sure if he could go to Canada this close to testing positive. I'm not sure what the rules are there outside of you know you've got to be vaccinated to get into the country, mm-hmm. and he is vaccinated. Uh, but uh, I, I haven't seen much lately on the timeline for his return, so I, I guess I couldn't tell you. Good stuff. I know that during the NHL season, if you were if you were t- tested positive when you were in the States, I think it was like two weeks before you could oh, get really? back in. Couldn't even travel with the team. They stayed in the hotel for two weeks by themselves. Sounds brutal. Yeah, team goes on. You stay here. Uh, good stuff, Dave Sproul. We will talk to you in a week. Thank you. My pleasure. Yep, good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KSI, 1430 on the AM dial. Looking ahead to the pitching matchups. Kikuchi against Gonzalez. Chichi Gonzalez. Oh, God. Chichi Gonzalez. He's starting tonight. He was with Colorado and was brutal. I made a lot of money betting against Chi-Chi back in the day. He's awful. Well, here's, a, here's an opportunity uh, tonight. Where, where is the price? I, I always bet on Kikuchi, as you know, anyway. I do. Barrios what? goes up against his old squad tomorrow. Dylan Bundy for the Twins. And then what we got Sunday? Oh, Gossman Smeltzer. Well, look, Smells it, like it, a sweep. It, it, it looks pretty good for the good guys, but uh, we, we shall see. We'll take a timeout. It's about 10 minutes before the hour of 11. We'll head to Vegas to start hour number two. Mike Palm is going to join us. And then Stephen M. Sippel, uh, our buddy. If you're a Husker fan, if you're a Big Ten West fan, Sippel is going to join us about 1125. New venture starting over there for um, the veteran reporter, Stephen M. Sippel. He'll be with us about 1125. And then Claxon's Barbecue, Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For details. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Well, Trent, we um, we talk about how much we love going to Big Ten football media days when they're in Chicago. They, they're not this year. Mm-hmm. I think next year there's going to be a change of plans. Oh, yeah? The Big 12 is moving from Dallas after this year. To KC? The, no. Mm-hmm. To a place that I have all, it's on my list to get to, and the media days are going to be there next year. To your list, you want to get to them. Mm-hmm. 
A to place say that I've never been. Oh, maybe I have. West Virginia. Yes. What? The Greenbrier Hotel. Have you heard oh, about this place? Oh, yes, I have. I watch the Greenbrier Golf Tournament every single year. Well, they do they show the secret bunker underneath the Greenbrier Hotel? So oh, you got to fill me in here. So there's a bunker that was built during one of the administrations for, I guess, politicians, mm-hmm. right? And, and and you can buy your way into the which I'm sure of his media days are going to be held there. Yeah. But like when when it was when last time I was at Big Twelve media days in Dallas, Jerry Jones Place was just opening up. So they bust us all over there sure. to take a tour. Right. I have to think if we're at Big Twelve media days, um, maybe we could Sprout to come with us. That they're going to make that part of the two days, if you will. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fun? Don't you want to go to the Greenbrier? I do. Not. At the top of my list. Oh, I do. I want to see that place. Really? Yeah. But there's teams that um, a lot of the NFL, the Niners, for instance, uh-huh. when they have back-to-back East Coast games, right. they don't fly back to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They they stay at the Greenbrier. Is that where they and stay? And they practice there. Huh. Yeah. So maybe it'll be Sproul and I that are going if well, I convince him, because you're out by the South. I, I got to do a little research. Well, it's the end of July. That's a tough time for me. They moved yeah, up the state true. baseball tournament. Yeah. And then I go on vacation right afterwards, mm-hmm. so you might be media day man here going forward. Uh, well, Sproul and I, yeah, so I've got it in front of me. Um, Greenbrier, top secret, supersized bunker built for 535 members of Congress during the Eisenhower era. So when was Eisenhower? Did he precede Kennedy? 50s? I was going to say, was he right before Kennedy? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. You Did- don't know? This is history class. What's going on? There's Truman in there. Where are we going back? This isn't Jeopardy. I do that every night. That's where my mind goes at this point. Uh, my mind's on sports. You're, you're throwing me a curveball here. Well, that's where it is anyway. Sounds like fun to me. Sounds like a plan. Dave Sprout, if you're still listening, let's work on that. Green <laughs> what? Wire, West, West Virginia, Virginia, though? I saw the, uh, the announcement was made yesterday. You think they're going to get a lot of people from Texas making their way there? A lot of people from Kansas? Well, from Lubbock. Maybe not from Austin because they'll be in the SEC. True. Maybe. Uh, Hour two coming up. Mike Palm. We'll be in Vegas with Mike Palm next, and we'll be in Vegas in August. That's for sure. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.